0: Mahakaya Suriakoti Samaprabha Nidvignam Kurme Deva Sarvakari Shu Sarvada Om Bhagavate Om the Bhagavate Shri Swami Narayanam Swami Naraya Nam, Om Shri Lakshminara Om Shri Radha Om Shri Umam Heshwara and Amurma Om Shri Siava Ramachandra and Amonamah Om Namashivai and Amashivai and Amashivai Om Sarvamangala Mangalle Shivay Sarvartasadike Sharanitram Beke the most today Om Aimrim Klim Chamundai Viche Sarvamangala Mangalle Shivay Sarvartasadike Sharanitram Beke go in the most Shri Guru Stotram अखंड Mangalakaram, Characharam, Tatpadam Darsitamina, the smash Agnanati Mirandasia, Gnananjana Shalaka, Chakshurum गुर्व the smash the Guru Brahma, Guru Maheshwara, Guru to daily satsang. We are continuing today on the um, further contemplation of Bhagavan Shankar, drinking the poison and the analogy regarding that. Uh, So the fourth aspect of this is the holding of the poison in the neck. Shiva doesn't digest it, doesn't swallow, I mean, he holds it in the neck, doesn't let it go down and doesn't bring it out also. So there's so much to be said about that first of all to hold a difficulty inside because this is for us this is for our life to hold it with steadiness is transformative you know whenever there is any challenge in front of us any goal that we have in front of us, any kind of an obstacle in front of us. Rather than to get overwhelmed or to get overrun by the obstacle or the difficulty, to remain so much in touch with it so that you can move through it, get through it. See, that is the transformative power of Bhagwan Shiva and the great sages, all of the great sages who are, quote, great, whatever the greatness actually is, it has to do with this, as we have been saying, that the holding of the poison, the holding of the poison is something that requires tremendous clarity. And remember, what does this poison refer to? It refers to many things it refers to internally generated vasanas unending desires tormenting dreams all kinds of psychosomatic problems that are generated from within it that's part of the meaning the other part of the meaning is are the series of difficulties that come from the outside from everywhere from friends family from from whatever from nature from job occupation from anywhere on the, from anything from the outside that causes a potential difficulty, potential it is a dangerous or, or tricky situation, where there is the possibility of a lot of damage and, and harm occurring. In that, in that situation, when Shiva is, is teaching us to hold hold on, don't do anything right away. You know what they say, the things that are against the precepts of dharma, do not do them right away. Do not do them at all, in fact. And those that is, that is to be done in the precept of the dharma, do it right away. Don't delay that. In Swami Swaminarayan Bhagwan also mentioned, dharma Tatkar kaam karu. The things that ought to be done in our life, we know that are beneficial. Don't delay them. Do them right away. Because that will accumulate punya. It will also take us further to God. It will it will be benefit for everybody. But things that we should not do, ought not to do, which we want to do. That non-doing, even when you want to do it and you don't do it, that's holding the poison. And there we go. The thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy. The five things. The five inner aspects of the reality within particularly the mental reality within, when desire props up to not go in that direction, is holding the poison, the difficulty, the damage that the desire is going to cause. Every scriptural text is talking about desire and not acting upon it right away. Every sadhu, every guru, every every teacher. If they're genuine, they're talking about that. It doesn't mean you're destroying just desire. It has to do with seeing that ichcha, desire comes up. As I mentioned several times before already, that itcha is going to come. But is it the type of desire that is going to generate poison within the system, within the mind, within the body, within the relationships, etc.? desires are of innumerable types and so we can classify them in four different ways so one so there are four think of it like a grid like four boxes so in the first box you have desires that you if you fulfill them are going to cause you benefit if you have second box is desires that if you fulfill them that are going to cause you harm the third possibility is that if you if you have desire and it is not fulfilled it doesn't cause you harm and if you have desire and it is not fulfilled it causes you harm those are four possibilities you know so whenever desires come up that i want this i want to do this i feel because of the experience it is going to provide you know the interesting thing about this charitra of Bhagawan Shiv when the poison is being held. that, That poison was the result of the churning of that ocean. And this is what occurs. Sometimes poison comes up that is not seen as poison. It looks like something that we should do. And we don't know that. Look at, for example, the development of nuclear power. As an example, how much mental churning, mental contemplation went into the development of these nuclear reactors, nuclear weapons, nuclear energy? Nuclear energy is just, it's a technology that has been developed, you know, from from that time period when it got started. But the power behind it is so intense, it can destroy the whole of humanity over a hundred times. One If one time wasn't enough, it still be destroy over and over again. That's how many weapons there are. That same power can be utilized to light up the world and to do wonderful things. Similarly, the energy within desire can be highly, highly destructive. to recognize that the energy within my desire or my desire itself, my ichha, nij icha is potentially destructive, harmful, dangerous. It is going to damage myself, others, my mind, others also. It is going to cause damage. That awareness, that recognition, that intelligence, that awakening of the intelligence is the basis for holding the poison because the hi is going to come. What are you going to do with it? And this is the difficulty. People don't know what to do with awakened desire. And that desire awakens and says, Oh, I should do this. Then the mind runs with it, the brain runs with it, it just goes on until the point of the, the fulfillment of it and then potentially harm. So holding the poison means recognizing the poisonous nature of that desire, the damaging nature of that desire, the wanting, the longing, the craving, etc. And leaving it alone, not spewing it out, not letting it come back inside your system and growing from within and harming you. It comes up, you hold inside at the neck level. That is the Vishuddhi Chakra. Vishuddhi chakra is right there. And you hold the desires in the Vishuddhi chakra. Because you want to do something with it. You want to say something. It's pushing you to act. Don't act. Don't do anything. Don't take that desire and just deliberately push it away inside your system. It will come back with a rebounding force. That's not going to work either. Hence, Shiva is teaching us, Bhagwan Shankar is teaching us, not to suppress and not to indulge in in toxic desires. Toxic desires. We think of toxic substances, right? Outside, that we don't want inside our mind, or inside our body, etc. From within our own system, there are toxic desires that are going to cause tremendous amount of damage, potentially. To recognize the toxicity within the desire when it awakens is holding that desire within the Vishuddhi Chakra. And that holding is the Guru Tattva that becomes active. So the intelligence that comes from Satsang, from the grace of the saints, from their contact, all of their words, their teachings, their ideas, their and also, most importantly, the bhakti towards the Paramatma. When these desires come about, the intelligence to leave them alone and not run with them, but to take that same energy and apply it towards meditation on God, bhakti of, of God, that is, the, that is the transformation of that poisonous nature of that desire into Amrit. How the... the poison transforms into amrut it transforms within us it transforms beautifully within us when we see the raw power in it and inside the awakened desires Icha shakti and take that power take that energy and utilize it for devotion, not destructive emotion. That is the difference. That is the technology. It is a psychosomatic, psychospiritual technology that is taught in the scriptures, and particularly by the lives of the enlightened beings. And that technology, when we bring it inside, Gurudevo Maheshwarah, that the divinity that is within us, the Atma Tattva, we become more aligned with the Atma and its nature rather than the vortex of the mind. That is created by the causal body, the karanesharī. So, the actual holding of desire that is worthy of contemplation and meditation. In Vachanamrutam, Sajan Swami Maharaj has stated this in many different ways. One of the ways he has mentioned this in Gujarati language it is Manu kahe na kare ignyani Gyani Just because you want to do something but you don't act upon that when you realize that this is not to be done, that is Gyan Not acting upon certain desires that come about because of seeing through them that is gnan. It is not about how much somebody is talking or how much verbal knowledge somebody has. No. That is information. That is a certain talent maybe. Yeah. That is a certain seva also like I'm trying to do, Sachin is trying to do. That's okay. Up to that point is okay. But real gnan is not just verbal expositions or something external. No, no, no. Sacha gyan kisko kete hai? That one who doesn't get caught in Maya. Gunatitanand and Swami also sta- stated this. That means one will not get caught inside the bounds of Maya. Maya will not catch you if once you have proper knowledge, proper wisdom. Let's put it this way. Gnana is wisdom. That's the barometer. You know, how do we know that we are progressing spiritually, we are progressing internally? We know that, we can experience that by not getting caught in Maya. That is our barometer, that's, that's the barometer. There's nothing else. Or Bhagwan ke saath jo link, jo the linkage with, with, with Bhagwan with God. That linkage is where the ananda comes from. Because Bhagwan itself which we will, are going to talk about in the next series, in the next part of this, this verse. Brahma Parabrahma. That is called Anandakan or wo Bhagwan God is not two different things. Whatever God is, is one. Whatever it is, whatever this the actual reality, it is one. It's not two. Ekameva Dvitiyam Brahma. In the Vedas, this is written. And that is referenced in Vachanamrut. If you look at the Bhagavad Gita, if you look at the Srimad Bhagavatam, if you look at the 18 Puranas, the thread that runs through, even though there are different deities described, each deity is shown as predominant in the particular Purana. Because of the of the significance of the glory of that particular form of God, but God is one. God is not two. <clears throat> so, in that sense, in that sense, our progress—excuse <coughs> me—our progression towards Paramatma is only possible when every Desire that props up from within is coming from sadhvasna, and all of the asadhvasna is gone. So, there's two things sadhvasna, asadvasana. Asadvasana is that poison, asadhvasna transforms into amrit and becomes nectar that is called amrutadham. That you, you are flooded with the ocean of the nectarine bliss of God that actual transformation is possible and in fact it is the thing that we are born for it is the thing it is the purpose of life if somebody says what is the purpose you can have thousand answers thousand answers as to what is the purpose of life But what is the actual main purpose of life Deyo Narayano Hari. This realization of God Bhagavan Paramatma Divya Ananda. And that occurs when Asadvasana transforms into Sadvasana completely. And in Sadvasana there is more and more and more inclination and desire and wanting to be connected with Bhagavan. And the joy that comes from that, where all of the limited, small, small, small vasanas that are there, or sometimes they're very potent vasanas, but they are asat. They are not going to take you to God, they're going to bind further in that experience. You know, but when they are transformed, they're not suppressed, they're not just run after endlessly. No, they are transformed from within. So that transformation is the internal. Uh, it's the it's the internal energy, <clears throat> energy change, it's the flow of energy in a different direction. The flow of energy towards God Bhagwan it's through Dharma, Gnana, Vairagya, Bhakti, Brahmacharya, etc. It is a transformation of the energy. And that is the Guru Tattva. The Guru Tatva is where, if you look at the lives of the great sages, they have spent their every free moment in the contemplation on Bhagwan, they don't waste time. They have recognized the preciousness of time and they have recognized that the ultimate thing to get in life or to realize is God. So, And they still do other things that they need to do, but they don't waste any time. For us, so many people, we, are, we don't even know how to use our time even for beneficial activities in regular day-to-day routine. You know, but but the fact of the matter is, yes, we can learn from them that every moment is extraordinarily valuable. And if it is utilized for the Sakshatkar of Paramatma through Guru Krupa, through Sadhguru Krupa, as this verse is saying, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devomesha, creative, sustaining, and destructive ability, the three that we have already talked about, when they come inside. That the creation of our intelligence towards the parma, intelligence and bhav and everything towards God. That is one meaning of Brahma. The sustenance of the spiritual wisdom. Gunatitan Swami stated, Jo pun deha paryanta sardar rahe to saru. So a little bit of wisdom is fine. But a little bit of wisdom that sustains for one's whole, whole life will re- reach will lead to enlightenment. It's not volumes of wisdom. Don't need volumes of wisdom. We need small amount that really is digested inside. That really remains. It's a small amount. See, like Sachin has made all these recordings and presentations. That's okay. That's for my own bhakti and seva and to offer something to the world as a seva through Guru Agnya. That's all. And that and that is the way of we are expressing our knowledge and so many things. But volumes of scriptures are not required for God realization. It's how much is digested. And that's what Shiva is teaching us. Bhagwan Shiva is teaching us that yes, recognize the difficulties, the poisons from the inside and the outside. Hold them. Hang on to them. Hang on to them and transform them. Hang on to them and transform. People say, hang on to poisons. When desire props up, that is asadvasana, hang on to it. Say, oh, this you're here. Oh, I see you. I'm the watcher of that. I, I see what is going on. Bring the guru in at that point. Guru worship, true guru nishta, sadguru nishta, is when that poisonous asadvasana shows up. Bring the guru at that point. Who, who is doing that? In fact, what the mind is and the desires are telling us: throw everything else out, except that fulfillment of the desire. At that point, doesn't matter how much knowledge somebody has or wisdom has or whatever. it is, Everything is put away. I want to do this. I don't really care what happens. No other thought is there. No other feeling is there. No other. That means the vasana is very, very strong. In fact, in Vachanamrutam. <laughs> Maharaj has said something quite remarkable. He says, if you have equal levels, where the 50% is, you know, asad has so much desires for worldly things and other things, and 50% is of, it towards God and bhakti and all that. He says, even in their 50-50, vasna should be considered to be balvan. Balvan meaning, vasna is very strong still. It's intense. Even if they're at 50-50 level. What a statement that is. And if we see... If we see within, which is what the purpose of the scriptures are, the teachings of all of the sages, they are there so we can look directly within. Oh, this is happening. You know, so, so the scriptures are like a mirror. You can see yourself where you are as you're reading the scriptures. Reading the teachings. Okay, Oh, this is, I'm here. I'm stuck like this. Oh my God. Why should I be stuck like this? Why should I, you know, so, so now this internal dialogue begins. The dialogue within oneself. One becomes one's own guru. What does that mean? That means that the outside gurus, outside teachers come inside. And if we don't bring them inside, it's useless. For example, I have a cup of of coffee here. I can make the cup of coffee. I can smell it. I can touch the cup. I can say it's a beautiful cup. If I don't put it in my mouth, What's the point? Even if I put in my mouth, if I don't swallow, what's the point? If I swallow, but I, I, if it doesn't go into my stomach, what's the point? If it goes into my stomach, if it doesn't get digested, what is the point? And vomit it out. 99% of the people quote satsang na vomit out karte satsang. I hate to use that analogy. That's why we don't realize God. Millions of people have been listening to these ideas for the generation after generation, why only few people have become enlightened? Why is that? Because all of these things, even if even if they're heard, they're put in the mouth, they're swallowed, even if it goes in the stomach to some extent or another, the asadvasanas within the jivatma are going to take that satsang and throw it right out of the system with just a thought, with just a desire. That is the power of asadvasana. It will not allow the individual to digest. And if, it, if the satsang gets digested within the system, the truths of the scriptures, the lies of the sages, dharma, gnan, vairagya, bhakti, beautiful devotional principles. If it actually gets digested, the jivatma becomes the Shiva. Becomes Brahma Rupa. He goes into the Brahmic state quite quickly but because we are spitting out the, the satsang Rather than throwing out throwing out our ignorance and actually shiva is even saying don't throw out your ignorance also on anybody that's another thing which we do we're throwing we, we, even if somebody puts that sweetness of the satsang in our mouth we will spit it out and then and then what we and then, and then if some and then the poisons from within and outside we're distributing like prasadam as humanity And then everybody is trying to find some perverted enjoyment in that. So how, is, how can anybody get enlightened that way? How is that even possible? see liye, Gunatitan and Swami said something else very significant. All of this is going on. He said, see, this is the nature of this world. Don't worry about that. Recognize what we need to do. Like Sachin is speaking right now for who? For what? Because ten people, twenty people, hundred people, thousand people, two hundred thousand people, someday will say, "Oh, Sachin, you're some some great scholar. You're some this. You're not. is that why I'm doing that?" No, this is only for me. This is this is this is a this is a only for my own development. Whatever is spoken is hundred percent for me, by the grace of the sages, and as a student on this path to learn more. Because the more we discuss, the more we talk, the more we grow. But if it's not digested within me, it is a massive X. It's a big zero. You know, so some people make small zeros in life. And if I'm creating, I could use myself as an example, create, let's say, 500 hours of these talks and then my intention is, oh, you know, so somebody should say some good things. My name should be there, this should be there, that should be there. Some, 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 some kind of mental stuff is going on like that. You know what that does to that 500 hours of satsang? It, it's a very big zero. It may, it may even be helpful to others, but to me it's nothing. Because I haven't digested any of it. What's the point? So, those who are true sages, in Satsang we say there is ekantikstiti, they have digested these things. They have digested every aspect of spiritual realization. They have digested, you know, what it means to be tolerant. Just tolerance, even itself, is such a. every quality is so immense. Chapter 16 Bhagavad Gita. The Devi gunas are there. <clears throat> the 64 qualities of the sages are, are shown in Hari Gita. The Sthita Pragna lakshmana are shown. Scriptures are there. 30 qualities of saints. People have been talking about them for years. It's good to know them. Digest. How much is it digested? And that's really where the Kurukshetra exists. Yes, there is a physical Kurukshetra. The Kurukshetra, that battle between the Pandavas and the Kauravas and all the Krishna and is the sadhati and Arjuna is the warrior. In one another aspect, that is, we, that is us. That whole battle is going on within all the time. And we don't want that battle. There is a backdoor approach, as we stated, the via negativa, to jump into enlightenment. That all of these ideas that Sachin is presenting, and through the scriptural understanding and gurus and all that, is Sachin, all Sachin needs to do is to say, I am that, Aksharam Aham. In the Swaminarayan branch that is known as BAPS, they, this is their main uh, teaching. Aksharam Aham Purushottama Dasosmi." In the Bhagavad Gita, Nijatmanam Brahma I can decide, I can jump into this mentally, in my mind, say, this is who I am. I am the Brahman. I am, I am the Shiva. I am outside of all of these these entanglements. And I'm and holding the satsang within, you know. When we begin to hold the divine truths within us, that when they when they are held within us, my God. The, the link with God. Bhagwan ke saath jo sambandh ham chorte the link with Bhagwan. That link is solidified, maintained, solidified, enhanced, and stabilized by holding the Guru Tattva within, meaning holding all of the scriptural understanding and wisdom within, as well as the opening up of saintly qualities. All of that, when you hold it within, in Vachana Muradur is written, dharvu vicharvu, dharvu vicharvu. Hold and contemplate. Hold and contemplate. Holding and contemplating is the transformation of the asadvasana. It transforms from inside out. But one has to be very careful. The ego is reactive. The ego doesn't have the wisdom. It is functioning based on its own demands but when it begins to realize no that there is nothing of uh, there's nothing in the sansar no thing no person place what thing that is going to provide the door that, that is going to give me eternal joy it is just a wave on the ocean is a temporary experience as i mentioned many times when that realization comes the individual naturally retracts within yada Chapter Two, just as the turtoise withdraws the limbs inside and remains steady and protected and is living in its own glory within it's an analogy, similarly, the running in the sanssaravi stops doesn't mean we're not going different places. You yeah, go have diverse experiences. It's fine. But the realization of the Atma is never lost. The kingly state, it's a king. The lion of the jungle goes anywhere in the jungle, never forgets he's the lion. It's like that. So that is the glory of holding the poison, that is as poison meaning as and all the other problems, external, internal. Transforming them into sadhavasna is a very big thing. The scriptures, if you go through every scripture, and lives of sages, this is what they have done. They have taken their own internal, damaging desires and transformed them. And they are very cautious. To not spread the poison. In, in Swamila and Satsang, and others everywhere, we say, Kisika abhav augun nahi lena. don't take faults of others. They say, what, will, what good will come out of that? Maharajan inside the Vachanamruta, Pratham number six, he stated, see your own fault. Find the good qualities of others. That is Viveka. Hold on to the good qualities of others. Keep your attention on your progress keep attention on where you are deficient and by doing that and by worshiping god and the grace of the sages and scriptures one progresses towards god very rapidly but but generally the jiva is doing just the opposite it is completely bent on finding faults with others it sees them right away and it thinks about that day and night what all you have to do is turn on the news. All you have to do is tur- turn anywhere, and what you find are people just finding so many things wrong with uh, with others. Not not always, but many times. But for one who wants to realize the atma, atma atma ka jo gyan hai, atma, the realization of the atma and the realization of the paramatma within the atma. That actual realization, not just a belief, but actual realization, one has to see one's deficiency. One has to recognize def- <coughs> deficiency or <coughs> or um, the other words would be um, false, one's own inner false, antar shatru and all that. One has to see them clearly that they are deficiency. One cannot see deficiency unless one recognizes it first that this is a deficiency. It's like when we go for blood work and they say, oh, somebody has low iron level. Well, recognize it first. Do the testing first. They say, oh, there's a deficiency, vitamin D, vitamin B, vitamin this vitamin, that vitamin deficiency. You recognize, do the testing first, oh, there's a deficiency here. So how do you do the testing? The testing is done through the scriptures and by the sages' lives. This is what they're saying. Where am I? I, And where am I? Is that that taking me towards the higher reality or is it spitting me around? It's a conversation. All of this thing is an internal conversation. Recognizing the the deficiency and then taking steps to resolve the deficiency. That is the transformation of the poison that is held in the throat by Bhagawan nilakantha <clears throat> <clears throat> wow amazing amazing and this is this is the glory of spiritual life spiritual life is not something that is externally focused sometimes people are like i mentioned many times people think of religious organizations and different gurus and there's so many of them around that that's, all, that's a great thing. They're beautiful. Begin with them. But they're not the end. They're the means to this end. To the end of direct realization. They're ladders. They can take you to a certain stage. But you start getting into, getting into discussions with others and different paths and all that. Yeah, all that is all okay. Realize it. If you realize the Atma, you're not going to have any division with anybody. Impossible. doesn't matter what the differences are. There could be a million differences. It's not going to make any difference. There could be a million differences. It won't make any difference. And without the realization of the Atma, all we see is difference. All we see is differentiation. All we see is division. And that is the great teaching here of Bhagavan Shankar. So there are a few more aspects of Shiva that we are going to cover about the moon on the head, the Trishul, the snake. All right. So those and then the, the Murugasa. So I will cover them within the next couple of days. And then we will move into the that, that second part of the verse. Guru Sakshat Param Brahma. What is Brahma? This word comes up again and again. Brahma kya hai? What is Brahma? Bhagavad Gita also Sri Krishna is asked by Arjun, What is Brahma? Kimtat Brahma. Chapter 8. So we're going to get into what that word means, where it comes from, what is the history of that, what do the scriptures say, what is Brahma versus Parabrahma, what is the Atma. This is, it is going to get uh, a bit more metaphysical, but I'll try to keep it realistic also at the same time. Uh, we'll see how that goes, because it is a, it is a much greater and very fascinating discussion uh, on the Brahmand, on the millions of Brahmans, how they are created and destroyed, uh, not to mention the um, the actual um, the different abodes of God. All of those things are going to be talked about. I'll be re- referring to scriptures like Brahma Sahita, Vedras, uh, as well as Srimad Bhagavatam. What the transcendental beings are. These are high-level metaphysics, uh, and particularly the different bodies that they have, uh, how they are they are depicted. You know, so all of that amazing discussion is going to happen after we com- finish with the not finish but after we conclude our section on Bhagwan Shiv, then we will then go into the Brahma Parabrahma and then the Archi Marga and what is involved in that what is the, what is actually outside the body you know when we leave this body what are the different it's called Upasana Na, na bhed. so we will be talking about goparan Samani Vato that's just to describe Mukta Na bhed. there are different Muktas also there are different levels of Muktas also So some amazing things are there that uh, probably most, the general public has probably never ever heard of, Uh, but we're going to get into that. Uh, It's going to be most interesting, and it'll be a challenge for me to try to present it in a meaningful way without uh, getting lost in the high-level metaphysics. All right, so, so we'll stop here for now, and we'll pick this up tomorrow.